Welcome to Depth of Field, a program highlighting the careers, experience, and accomplishments of alumni of the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts at Central Michigan University. I'm your host, Allison Biss. Along the way, our alumni will share advice they have for anyone looking to work in the wide variety of media fields. And that's why we call it Depth of Field. Welcome back to Depth of Field. Today, we have a special treat because this is our first episode with a group of CMU alumni. Today, we're joined by a special sports broadcasting crew from the beginning of the 2000s. So without further ado, if you all could introduce yourself and tell us your graduating year, um, I'd love to get to know you a bit. I'm David Olszewski. I'm a freelance multi-cam director, and my graduating year was 2002. I'm Miles Jonason. Uh, my graduating year was also 2002, and my, I'm a weird title, but I'm a simulation operations coordinator at Spectrum Health in Grand Rapids. I'm Chris Ogazali. I graduated in 2001, and I'm the executive producer and production manager at WCMU Public Media. Um, <clears throat> my name's Chris. Uh, I graduated in 2002. I'm a television director at WLS in Chicago. Multi-chams, by the way. My name is Max Michalak, uh, graduated in 2002, and I'm the coordinating producer at Bally Sports Florida. Nice to meet you all. Thank you for joining us today. I'd love to know a little bit about how you all know each other. So let's take it back. You're at CMU. What, what happened? What was the thing that had you all grouped together? I'll start. Uh, I met Chris Ogazali uh, first and uh, out of the five of us. And Chris and I uh, had a mutual love of, of sports and television together. Uh, and at the time we were doing news. So we, Chris and I worked quite a bit together on news. Um, what brought the five of us together was uh, broadcast on WCMU for men's and women's basketball. And through that process, we met Max and uh, Miles, you came in junior year, is that correct? Yep, I was a transfer. So I came in in 2000 and uh, connected with Dave. Dave, you were working news. I think you were an entertainment beat reporter. And I came in, didn't know anyone. Um, I'm from New Central 34. Uh, and I came in and wandered in the studio. And I think you were just desperate for help because you were like, took me under your wing and then said, you're going to work MSTV Sports with me. So I was looking for any in, so... That's how I got connected, but I came. I think you later. forced most of us into this, Dave. I, uh, to be fair, like I don't think any of us signed up for this. And <laughs> uh, Bert, hold on, we we Bert, Bernhard was in there too. Bernhard also did uh, news and sports with us as well. I I don't know if I forced you guys into this. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was there was no forcing. <laughs> so the um, live sports production, as I understand it, had gone dormant for a bit and the graduate assistants there at the time had a bit of a sports background and so they were looking for undergraduate help and dave was super quick to to make sure that we were going to be involved and help uh resurrect bring back the the live sports component of mhtv sports were you all involved with anything prior to this, or is this kind of like the first thing you did to truly dip your feet in? I, I think I, I think we were all kind of involved in like News Central um, yeah. to yeah. start it, and that's kind of how we all got uh, involved. I was doing um, some play-by-play -play stuff for the Shepherd High School games and the women's basketball, uh, a few things like that, um, trying to be on air and do sports that and some sports talk radio stuff through 
uh, MHCB radio there. But uh, yeah, I think it all kind of worked through News Central and, and then just meeting each other through that and then kind of uh, grew into MHCB sports and, and, and when Dave kind of got everyone together and organized it a little bit. Were you shocked when you arrived to CMU? I think a lot of students, when they first come in as freshmen, they're shocked because they didn't know that they could get involved right away. Was that something you were unaware of? Was that something you saw as an asset to the BCA program? What were your thoughts about that coming in as a new student? I kind of knew because it was between, when I chose schools, it was between Michigan State and Central. And Michigan State, you had to be a junior. So uh, when I looked at them, that was kind of a selling point to start early. So when I got there freshman year, I kind of jumped in and, and did as many different things as possible and tried to, you know, see what I liked and, and figure things out. And, you know, through the broadcasting department, we kind of got involved in everything. We got involved in play-by-play and editing and, you know, uh, taking cameras out. I think Miles was the one that tried to teach me how to run a camera on like a Purdue road trip as we, uh, we went on that trip. And I'm not good at camera, um, I can attest to check out the Edwin McCain broadcast um, when they were yelling at me for like not uh, undoing the locks. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it was just like, you know, try and get your foot in everything and see what you like and and then kind of go from there. Yeah. I would, I would echo what Max said. Uh, And the only thing, honestly, that surprised me were the, were the clubs, whether, whether it was IRTS or uh, NBS that I didn't know about uh, coming in, but you know, from day one, they just let you, you know, you could be on the radio from day one uh, with no training whatsoever. And, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> scary, no training, no plan. Here's a half hour or an hour just talk. Yep. <laughs> but but as scary as that sounds, you know, from the outside, it was, you know, it's, it's the opportunity that I, at least I was looking for. Uh, I needed these guys to, um, to help me out. I don't know if anybody remembers the sign um, over in the Moore Hall hallway that said something about authorized personnel only. Mm. And that was like a, a do not go sign for me as like an introvert. So um, I stayed away and it was, and it was these guys who were um, encouraging and said, no, come on, uh, let's go. There's, there's people to meet down here and um, there's things to learn down here. It's great to know that you were excited to jump in from day one. What was that process like? Did you start with one sport? Was it just kind of everything? I mean, how many days a week were you out getting content covering different events? Well, from what I remember, it started off with just like uh, with the basketball games and we were doing live and then like uh, with the PBS there. And then um, then it went to baseball and all. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't like a, like a, I don't know what, that wasn't even live the tape. That was everybody take a camera and shoot the game and try to edit together later. But yeah, so we just started off with the live basketball, I think, from what I remember. That was a paid gig, I think. You got paid? Yeah. <laughs> I remember, well, maybe it was the ESPN game. You got paid with experience. Games. Sure. No, but I remember, Dave, you probably secured the library truck, right? The uh, Yeah, the, rolling that, was, that was Greg DeLauro. Greg DeLauro... Um, scooped up a whole bunch of equipment for us because we had been, we'd been going out in the field with four cameras and syncing with a clock basically, and then taking that footage back to the control room uh, at Moore Hall when we weren't doing the PBS games. And then Greg Delaro, I don't know who he talked to or how he got the money together, but got a small switcher for us and put a, put, you know, production box together where we could cut live cameras 
And all we had to do was run out um, coaxial cable and, uh, and, and we could bring games back that were fully cut live. And I think we added graphics later, but remembering, remembering back, uh, we had a pretty aggressive schedule. So I think we used to do, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, like the, the men's and women's games in PBS, which are live. I think we did about maybe 12 a year, nine to 12, something like that. And then when we started doing games for MHTV, we were pretty aggressive, like two a week, Chris Ogazali, maybe more. You could, I feel like you've got a better memory than I do on this one. It was for sure. It was for sure. At least because didn't we start some, didn't we start something that was called game of the week? Do I remember yeah. that? Right. Yeah, so we were doing the week. We're doing at least a game, a game a week, and um, the so before that, before we had access to a mobile switcher, it was just a gigantic learning experience of figuring out. We were so eager to do sports content, but didn't necessarily have all of the equipment, and of course, didn't have anywhere near the experience. Um, But that process of taking cameras out to a baseball field, shooting a digital clock, and then trying to start all of the tapes at the same time back in Moore Hall to then- DVC pro tapes. DVC pro tapes that don't like stop on a number. So it wasn't like it was beta and you could like press them all at the same time. So it was, it was, it would take fits and starts just to get all the cameras close enough that you could live switch it or, or post switch it live in a control room. I remember for soccer games, when we got a little bit more advanced, we would even leave, uh, we, would, we would pre-produce some content with coaches or player interviews. And then during the broadcast, we would leave a, a 45 second hole so that we could you know, squeeze in a sound bite. It was an incredible learning experience because we just made do with whatever we had i mean we created all of our graphics like i think we went into after effects and built all these graphics or the chiron that we had and tried to tried to put together whatever we did and then we built opens and after effects and none of us knew how to use after effects and um it's uh it was pretty incredible just all the different you know, things you had to learn just to get one of these shows on the air. And you're just like, oh, okay. Like, so you figure out something, you know, one week and then the next week you try and figure out something else that you did wrong or, you know, so it was pretty great to learn and troubleshoot all the different things that are going along, you know, and trying to make this game actually make sense to anybody who's watching it on uh, uh, the channel. that time you know, another thing that we did um uh that i forgot about till just now is we would go out and cover every home game for for the men's team and we'd bring back footage for new central and we'd shoot it and we'd take turns shooting it first half second half or how, however we decided to split it up so we actually covered every home game that there was where we were on campus i think i'm sure we maybe we missed a couple during the holidays for basketball but yeah but we would be yeah. out shooting we would be i forgot about this we would be out shooting what is you know we split it up you know sometimes it'd be two of us that would go and then you know if there's another game in the week two two other people would go but we that's would how i got on the three. road with miles to to purdue because <laughs> yeah and we would travel too because we, we would go yeah. to northern illinois we'd go yeah we went everywhere that's right so it wasn't it wasn't always just you know live or live to tape events we were we were just going out and shooting whatever whatever we could and that was putting together the highlight videos for the the team and helping them out with that it sounds like such a a big amount of work i mean you have to do basically twice the work just to go out and get all the content and then match it up and put it all together and 
you know, the five of you strong arming that together, that seems like almost more of a learning experience and a time commitment than classes. What were your thoughts? Did you find more, more value yes. getting your hands dirty and, you know, trying things 100%. out for yourself? It was yeah, a I think I, of time. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, but- go ahead. One of the best things about it is that it allowed us the option to get into like editing bays after hours where usually you wouldn't get there unless you had an advanced video class, but we would go in the Avid suite and learn that stuff on the fly, whereas normally you just wouldn't have access to that. But we'd say, well, we got all this footage. We got to figure out how to do this. So I think that helped a lot as opposed to just getting one semester of putting the project together and learning how to edit uh, nonlinear editing because at that time nonlinear editing was just kind of ramping up it was all cuts only editing and the VHS tape and the GVC pro decks um but so funny I remember getting into Avid and being like if I wasn't involved with this group of guys we're doing a lot of work obviously hours and hours but I wouldn't have gotten a lot of that nonlinear editing experience because we just didn't have access to it yeah it's an interesting um thing just to just to hear about this I mean as a student now, nonlinear editing is all I know. So hearing your experience kind of just takes me back and, you know, makes me feel very fortunate. But how how long were you guys doing this? Was it, I mean, for some of you, a couple years? What was what was the process like? I think it was 2000. We like, I don't remember what year it started. I, it wasn't, it wasn't freshman year. So, so it had to be, I, I would say 99 or 2000. Um, at maybe 99, we started doing the basketball games and then 2000, we, we started MHTV as a guest. Um, I, I don't remember exactly, but it wasn't the full time. Cause I know I was doing stuff freshman year with like new central. And, um, so I think it was maybe a year or two after that, that we started. So we had a couple of years uh, of just doing the co-curriculars and, and new central and the radio station. And then you kind of, Dave started this thing up maybe a one or two years in so yeah and we should we should definitely give uh, you know uh, props out to new central as well because i mean i worked every, every I, I, rick sykes position, I, mean, I, every I, I would give rick yeah. sykes all the credit in the world for you know what he did for for us and and uh greg delaro i think those two guys did so much for for all of us to teach us how to edit and sh- like greg delaro basically explained how to use after effects so mm-hmm. for me like editing and those guys were were the two that took the most interest in my career um as a student and and kind of helped me you know develop you know editing skills and on-air skills and knowing what's right and wrong and and just through working at new central and producing uh with rick just through through the you know the new central a course of producing, like how to stack a show and things like that, and what makes sense while you're producing. Um, so those two guys were were the the biggest influence for 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 me personally. So I don't know about everyone else. I would I, I would agree with you and add Rick Shadisky in there as well. As far as like for me as a director, yeah. like you know, and and, yeah. and Ogazali, I know for you, like for you for sure, because you worked with him for years. I mean, as a director, like he would, you know, a young director. Uh, he, you know, our first game, we had misspellings on graphics that we made and, and Rick let us have it and let us know that that was unacceptable. And, you know, we spent, you know, probably all night the night before making all these graphics and he sees one misspelling and he's like, well, I don't trust you guys. And there's no better real world experience than that. I mean, that is <laughs> like, I mean, all of us, this is real world as it gets, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Working, working in the industry now, like if you have somebody that has getting a yelled at, or a typo, get yelled at by the director for, you know, something you did wrong. So I think, um, so Rick Shadisky was the, he was a director at WCMU at the, at the time. And like two things about Rick, Dave's right. In fact, I'm pretty sure that he didn't take another graphic besides uh, the score bug for the rest of the game. Cause he's like, this is, this is not professional quality. And that's what we're going for. The other thing that I feel like Rick did as a, a seasoned veteran director of sports is I think he tried to get us into, it's not just camera shot after camera shot after camera shot. You're really trying to build a visual story and, um, and, and immerse your, your viewers in this event. He, he also, I remember he asked us if we had the uh, acronym spelled correctly on the score bug. <laughs> <laughs> i mean do we have the colors right like i mean it's the things that, Wait, that was the, <laughs> we, we made that one <laughs> as you're kind of reflecting back on you know the people who have shaped you at cmu and the times you've had here is there a specific memory that really sticks with you um even now into your careers oh we already sure i think we we, we might have the uh, record for longest running group text um ever <laughs> it's ever since you could do group text on phones i think is when we started so the uh all day I think... events when we would end of each semester we would take every game we produced that semester and just play them back to back to back um on like a friday on mhtv started like 9 a.m <laughs> and then you could just see all of your content because some of them were not high quality like you do like a lacrosse game or something and we just weren't in it that day. It was like raining, snowing, and then you'd watch it later and be like, this is the content that we made. But it was incredible experience. A lot of long hours uh, being out in the field and doing that. But um, when you don't technically have a job, and that's your role. And a lot more hours went into producing content than into our day-to-day class activities, like our projects and classwork lower priority for us. The nice thing about New Central 34 and MHTV is if you walked in the door and showed interest, they gave you an opportunity. So I talked to a lot of BCA grads that didn't go to the Warhol studio area at all and just got a BCA degree and then had zero experience. So the five of us were ready and willing to kind of step in and do that. And so they were more than willing to hand over cameras and do that sort of thing. Like Chris Ogazali said, Dying at the end of the hallway is intimidating. And if you just walk by it every day and not glance in there, um, then you don't know what opportunities there are. And you might just get a blah basic internship and that's your only professional experience. Um, all those hours in the editing room and the control room in New Central shaped me for my future career, definitely, as opposed to any uh, basic class. No offense to Ed Williamson. <laughs> right. And, that, and I'll say like the same thing. like. Um... Like I didn't do an internship, but people ask me about that throughout my, you know, I, I, I teach a TV production class at a college here in Chicago. And uh, they asked me that all the time. And I said, I didn't do, I just did everything that the school had to offer. Like I did new central, the sports, I did another show. I just, and like as everybody's saying, if long hours editing in the control room, whatever, at the time you don't think of it as long hours. You just, I was having a blast doing it. So it wasn't, yeah, we were up till whatever, two in the morning editing something, who cares? It didn't, it didn't matter, you know? And, uh, so that's what I got out of it. And that's what made it so much fun was cause you're doing it with your friends too. So it doesn't matter. And, and something I like, I, you know, if you, if I, I probably average talking to three to four CMU students a year, 
every year. And one of the things I key in on is, do you, are you active in something? Like, are you act, whatever, whatever it might be. And, you know, that's like, that's, you know, something that I look at as, you know, it's a shared, it's a shared experience with, doesn't matter when you graduated, you know, whether it was before us or after us, you know, if you've been involved in the co-curriculars, that's something that, you know, as Chippewas, we all share together. And, you know, I, I feel, I feel if you didn't get a chance, if you didn't take advantage of that, you missed a huge opportunity at Central. Like that's one of the reasons, that's the main reason, at least in my opinion, to go there is because that's such a, it gives you such a leg up on competition when you leave college. In, in hindsight, for me, it was absolutely working together with, with this group. And it's a, it's a lot easier to see now, but it's a group of people who, who pushed as hard as they could. Uh, we held each other accountable and, and it's the beginning of your professional career because there were things that we would do as a group and accomplish together, but we also did things individually that you were responsible for. And that dynamic and, and working with people who would hold you accountable, but who would also help you out in the, in the areas that you didn't have as much experience as the other person did. Um, so lifting each other up in that way and just helping each other hone skills and become as professional as we could be. And honestly, like my, I think my, like my favorite memory wasn't even a sports or a news memory. Uh, when we went down to rubbles and we recorded the domestic problems concert, honestly, that was, that was probably my favorite one, you know? Uh, (laughs) I mean, I like all you guys, like all of us did that, right? yes i I don't think i was working i might have been there (laughs) that's right that's yeah that's right you were there uh bernhard bernhard showed up you might have heard me in the background screaming miles and i had a (laughs) class with um greg delaro we've mentioned his name and he said if you guys go work this you get an a for this project remember that miles yeah classic bitter cold it was so cool um yeah. and uh, we had to do a variety of things to stay warm back there but we would switch off directing and go back out and listen to the band for a couple of songs come back in and drag <laughs> yeah because that was a non-sports thing so that was yeah cool to get to do but that. we used all of our sports uh, experience we used yeah. that uh, thing in the box and the in the yeah. library truck you guys got an automatic a for that for the project yeah, because that was a night of like class, and he was like, "You guys can go do that and like whatever we're working on." He's like, "Whatever." That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, that makes that makes the gift you brought even better now. <laughs> right? Yeah, he was he was totally fine with that. You know, we remember we broke we broke a well, we shouldn't say we broke a camera we lost a camera before the thing even started. No, was that is someone as i recall oh man i re- i remember i forgot about that someone set, someone set up a high cam poorly on a tripod and it slipped off the plate oh my gosh yeah we could have killed somebody oh, yes yeah gosh uh, and i don't i don't want to point fingers but i believe the ga branded buyer set that up was it a ga <laughs> It was, I think it was Brandon Byer. I think he, yeah. I think he set it up and it, and it messed up the, it messed the, messed up the coax and pulled it out. And then we, we, there was no way for us to fix it. We didn't have the right stuff. And because we were so aggressive and willing to do stuff, they gave us a long leash because we're out there doing work that hadn't been done, at least most recently. And we were willing to go out there and bring that equipment out there and do the best work we could. So I think they gave us a long leash with all that stuff to be like, you guys 
are doing more than anyone else at that particular moment. So we were proud of that fact that we were leaders, not only in sports, but um, in the BCA program during those two to three years of that time. I'm proud of that. Yeah, all, all of us were heavily involved in, in New Central, like every every single one of us. Yep. Was Summit Sessions Live not a thing? I'm assuming it wasn't when you were around. So if you're unfamiliar, Summit Sessions Live is, I think it's a bi-weekly MHTV show where they bring in bands and record them. So mm. I don't want to say for sure that you inspired that, but I definitely feel like that's a possibility. If you did it first, I mean, <laughs> everyone followed. <laughs> Is that radio, just radio or is that, you know, they, they film them too now? Yeah, it's filmed and then it's simulcast okay. on the station. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I would have been, I'd love to have been involved in that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that would have been fun. What what studio did they shoot that in? It's shot in just the MHTV big studio and then oh, cables okay. are run to the, the radio station. I'm going to sidetrack for a second. Um, we kind of talked about some some skills that helped you in your times at BCA, but were there any transferable skills that brought you to your careers now? You all might be doing something a little bit different, might not be in sports anymore, but was there something that you learned during your time in BCA and at CMU that still impacts you today in your current career? Well, at least uh, my first role out of uh, CMU was in local news. So my directing experience and that sort of thing um, brought me there, but I'd say probably it influences everything. I wouldn't have had the same uh, knowledge background as um, what I was offered there. So when you wander into the control room and say, do you need some help? And they say, yes, please. There's an empty chair over here. Step in and do it. That affected my career completely. And even I'm not in television or sports anymore, but I do a lot of multimedia uh, video production work. So yeah, I think it definitely influenced that a lot, especially the setting up of equipment and getting an appreciation for how much it costs. <laughs> and what it takes to use that, that influences me daily, even though I'm not directly involved in um, live broadcasts anymore, um, at least regularly. Although I do do Grand Valley sporting events, freelance work with that. So that work reminds me of the work we did because it's lower profile division two sporting events, but we have a trailer and everything. So it's direct uh, connection to the work that we started a couple of years. I think just a kind of a basic understanding of editing for me, um, just learning that kind of translated into, you know, working as a production assistant and then, you know, kind of going on to produce stuff. And then just, just like Miles said, just learning, like having to do everything, like having to go in there and run the audio board and, and to TD, uh, do central. Like I knew things I didn't want to do when I got out. So I was like, all right, like, let me go this route. Like, I'm not good at camera. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to tell everybody what to do. So I'll produce. So, um, so it's kind of where, where, where I learned like, okay, I, I want to do this and that. And like, I knew I wasn't good enough to be on air at some, at some point. And so you're kind of just figure out like, all right, I'm good at this. I can edit a little bit. I can, you know, do a little of this and I can, you know, so you kind of figure out, you know, how, how to run a little bit of everything. And then you can kind of put together a, a whole production and you kind of have a understanding of what a good show looks like after getting into the real world and saying, okay, this is, you know, a little different, but you've, you've, you've done so many different jobs, you know, at CMU. So you kind of understand like, okay, I need to, I need to be at least proficient and be able to tell somebody what to do 
you know, as a producer, just to, you know, have an understanding of what a good show looks like. Yeah. And I'll, you know, similar type feelings, like my first job out of college with um, directing at a local TV station and um, with central having like basically an open door to the control room to touch any piece of equipment <laughs> that you could um, really helped me because uh, they had the same Chiron that we had at central at the time. So, and nobody smaller market stations, with a lot of turnover. So nobody really knows a lot about everything except for one person. So it was helpful that, you know, I had some experience with that and then other jobs, you know, I did some switch directing, TDing and directing at the same time. And I remember a couple of new centrals, uh, you know, you got two people who showed up to put that show on for the day. So you were running all around and, uh, I think we all experienced those, those days. And so I remembered, you know, that, and, uh, would think back like, Oh yeah, I could do this again. <laughs> Yeah. And I like specifically Chris Bernhardt. I mean, the year before you graduated, I remember you coming to me like, Hey, can I, yeah, I was hogging. I was legitimately hogging all of the directing opportunities. And you're like, and you weren't good. (laughs) And you weren't very good at it. I was the better director and decided to be like, Hey, I'll I'll just move over and produce because you're not good at directing. Okay. I don't want to hurt your feelings, Max. Uh, but it was it was great. Good burn, you can't. Like, hey, like, can I can I can I get some? Uh, <laughs> there are no feelings there. Can I can I get some days? And uh, and I'm like, of course. I feel like a jerk now. I've been hogging them all. And Bernhard got a job directing immediately, uh, like uh, like pretty quick out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it would like that was one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, we can, you know, this can happen for all of us. You know, the work that we're doing now is, you know. Our, we see our one buddy be successful. This is awesome. And I think Ogazali, you got you got a producing job right away, right? At at in Traverse City, right out of school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with every with everything that these guys have said. It's the ability to do a wide variety of different things. It, and like Max said, realize what you like and what you don't like. Uh, the opportunity to fail is fantastic. I was a sports anchor. I was atrocious, um, <laughs> but it gave me a wonderful appreciation of of writing and what it's like to be uh, on air and that you better be a good communicator through IFB. So you're not hanging your talent out to dry. It's just a, it's a great, the broad um, skills and positions from a control room to studio, to field, to on air. uh, it, It gives you a fantastic idea of what a successful broadcast looks like and the professionalism and you know commitment that you need from each individual department to to really have a, a successful production is there anything you would have done differently during your time at cmu in the bca program or just as a student i mean honestly honestly for me like looking back on it like i love everything that we did um career-wise maybe bca minor business major but i mean i still love what i do so i don't know you know I don't, I don't know if I would have even wanted to change that. I would have gotten involved earlier. Like, uh, I don't think I started doing new central until I was a sophomore and at the tugging and these guys bringing me along. So I just needed I needed to meet them sooner to get involved sooner, but yeah, I needed to get going just a little bit, a little bit sooner, I think would have been beneficial. I'd agree with that too. Like transferred in as a junior went to community college um but looking back on it now i would have gone to central as a freshman i had no idea what i wanted to do so i went to the local community college so when i got there and first semester in my junior year and walked in and started doing stuff 
kind of kick myself for not going there. I saved a lot of money, I think, from going to a community college, but I could have um, done two more years of um, hanging out with these guys and producing content, but we shoved a lot into those two to three years that we were involved, and it was worth it, all the long hours and everything. But like everyone said, it's good to know what you want to do and what you don't want to do and you're not good at, because that Purdue road trip that Max and I did, we just met each other, and we went down there, it was great, but then we tried to shoot stand-ups at the end on the side, on the sidelines, and it was like, it was awful. I'm just glad the video got recorded over because I was like, Max is we're probably decent, but I was just like, I do not want to be on TV. <laughs> this is awful. Do like 12 takes and they're like, turn the lights off. Like, you know, we've got to drive back to Mount Pleasant tonight. So um, learning what makes you happy, that was easy to do when you're involved in a wide variety of opportunities. What would be a piece of advice you'd have for students uh, coming into the BCA program as a freshman, um, you know, going forward? What would you like to see uh, students do? Don't be afraid to try everything. Um, I, I did radio my first semester and that same first semester, the professor I had said, uh, DJ stands for dumb jerk. And that's what, you know, I thought maybe I had wanted to be, was a radio DJ. And, you know, uh, it, it was a great experience and I loved it, but, you know, try everything. Like there's, because there's so much there, you might find something that you really like that you didn't know you liked. And for me, that was, you know, sports television. I had no idea that that would be something that I would have a passion for. And, you know, just through the process of trying it, you know, I found something that was, you know, I would do for free and I am lucky enough to get paid to do. Because it's a unique situation that you're allowed to get involved immediately. Like Max had said, my two choices were Michigan State and Central and led me to Central for other reasons. But when I got there, I realized how, fortunate I was to get into that place that allows you just to like you don't need to submit anything you don't need and you can make bad content we never did all of our content was great but it allows you to produce some bad stuff and be like well this is the way not to do it and that sort of thing and you can get better but if you just go to classes all day um, and not go and do any uh, production work and that's what you want to do then if you're going to get your first job, you're going to have to get your feet wet and make all those mistakes in your career, um, starting a professional career. So it makes a lot more sense to kind of learn with people that are learning at the same time. Central uh, provides that opportunity, then that's what um, probably the most beneficial part from like two years there that it forced me into out of my comfort zone and to figure out what I wanted to do and what I need to do to have a career. I think it's super important to especially at central to lean on and ask the advice and and ask as many questions as possible to the the professors and GAs that you have that have worked in the business and and you know pick their brain and even if it might not even be a GA maybe it's somebody at you know Chris is a great Chris Lagazzoli is a great example you know somebody that works at WPBS at WCMU PBS like ask those people questions get as much info as you can from them outside of the classroom as well, because that's, that is really going to be very, very useful information and, and knowledge that, you know, is, is right there for you for the taking. And that is, you know, just as valuable as doing the co-curriculars themselves is when you have, when you have the people that have really worked in the industry and they come back and they want to, and they want to give back and teach, 
those are the people you really should focus on because they have the, they have the examples of, of, you know, a career and that you're going to be going to, you know, hopefully in the near future. And they're going to be able to give you like the, the insight on what happens and like even some like small things is personal communication and interaction in the business. Cause it's so, it's very different than what you, you know, what you'll see in school. And so anybody that you can really, you know, quiz about what it's like once you leave school and you're, and you're in the business, like that is the, that it's invaluable, um, you know, and it will help you ingratiate yourself to your coworkers when you, when you're starting and it will, and it may also help you, you know, um, not step in a hole and injure yourself, um, you know, career-wise, you know, because the, you come out of central so far ahead of, I think colleagues that are your age, but you're still, you know, looked at as, you know, somebody that doesn't know exactly what they're doing. And so it's like a, it's a tough road to navigate when you've already gained so much experience, but none of it is exactly professional because it, you know, it's still looked at as college experience. So as much as you can learn from the people that have done the work is, is really, really, really valuable. That's a good point. Um, mainly because this business in particular and all industries networking is so important, but television broadcasting is so important to get some of those first steps in the door. And those are your first networking contacts are your professors and your um, classmates, but remaining in contact with them and using them, um, that'll help you initially. And then it might be 15 years later, if you made a good impression on those um, handful of uh, professors that can reach out to them and they can connect you to get that next role if you're ready to transition. Um, so getting the networking context of the five of us, uh, but also people that are have experience and professors and leaders at Central is super important to use them as your first networking context yeah i thought i thought yeah you know all that stuff very important but i think like you guys have said in the past like how much you guys pushed me to be better like i thought i thought that was really important and what dave said about you know learning from mistakes that people on here have made or like right when dave had a job interview hey how was that like how was that job interview like okay what what'd you dress like like What'd you say? Like, what was it like? So kind of asking your peers when they go through situations like, okay, how do I need to prepare for, for this? Or how do I need to prepare when I'm, when I'm trying to get that next job or that next role? Or do you know someone at this, you know, do you know someone at TNT or, you know, someone at, at Fox or do you know, you know, so it's those things. And and the guys on here, um, finding your peers in college that push you like, to be better. Like I wanted to be better than all of them. Right. Like, so you want to be the best. And then you're like, Oh, look at, he got a better job. Like you're like, so you're like trying to compete with your friends and you're like, Oh, like, Oh, they did this. Oh, they did this. Oh, how'd you do this? Like, you know, there's just certain things. Like uh, I think this group just pushed each other and, and I learned so much from all of them and just in the business, just trying to figure out things of like, okay, um, how do you send an email? Like, what's the professional tone? Like there was just so many things that, you know, after failed experiences of my own, like, you're like, Oh, okay. You're supposed to do it this way. I get it. Right. That's why he's not returning my email. Got it. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have taken that tone with them. So I think it's just, you know, like, like, like a lot of people said, but just learning from, you know, the experiences like your classmates and, and your peers and your friends, um, you know, have gone through uh, to kind of get you to the next level. 
it's interesting being here two decades later, kind of being where you all were. Um, and the good thing about the BCA community is despite having this kind of gap in generations, uh, I feel like it's still a very close knit community. Uh, you guys are all an example. I'm, I'm assuming since you're all here together that you still keep in contact and um, have good wishes for the, the future of the BCA program. So what would you like to see, you know, what would you see as the future of the BCA program here? You just got to stay on top of what the trends are. I mean, this is a great example. You know, I don't know how, it's fun for it's fun for you know me that you know we get to visit with our buddies here on a podcast but you know the big growth area one of the big growth areas in in our industry is podcasts so i mean it's it's great that this is something that you know the university is taking the university and the students obviously are a great example of this are taking advantage of and, and getting their their you know feet with with because uh you know I've, I've worked on uh two pod two three four podcasts you know, professionally, mm -hmm. you know, um, so this is another one of those avenues where there are plenty of jobs out there. You can look at all kinds of industries that have super successful and very listened to podcasts. Uh, and so anything, anything that's happening in the industry that is an avenue, you know, for students is, is something that they should be involved in. And, it, and it, honestly, it could be, you know, even, even to the extent of look at, videos on social media, whether it's TikTok or Instagram, people are making money on that. So I don't think that's necessarily something that the university should, you know, ignore, you know, that's where, where are people consuming their content and what generation is consuming it? And, you know, that, that, that should be a focus. I think adding to what Dave is saying there, an emphasis on storytelling or a continued emphasis on storytelling, because you can do that in a variety of different ways. You can do that as a writer. You can do that as a producer, as a director, as a videographer, as an editor. You're always looking for a way to, to tell a compelling story and, and the basics and understanding the basics of that, I think can, can take you a long way. I remember, I think it was just getting started was is it more multimedia or something when we were there? And yeah, M2D2, yes. And I remember it was like limited opportunity because it was low bandwidth and you couldn't really get content online that well. So um, I'm sure that's, I haven't paid that much attention to be honest, but I'm sure it's a major part of um, what's happening now in the curriculum. Um, but there's just so much more we had MHTV channel 34 local and 91.5 for the radio, but there's just so many more avenues for content. And I'm sure new grads and students now are exploring a lot of that, but it really is unlimited potential to um, put content out there that more and more people have access to because we just, we did TV because that's what existed at the time. Um, and uh, it's a different world now. So I can't speak as much to the, future, but I'm sure that's uh, a lot of avenues for growth. I would just say, uh, you know, take risks, take risks in college, like figure out like, uh, and use connections um, to all the people that are out there, like everyone on this podcast, like all the alumni, like reach out to them, like even, even, you know, pester them, like, because I think just CMU has a rich history of, of people out there in any field you want to get into. So reaching out to those alumni and seeing what opportunities exist for you when you get out. And then like this group did take risks on things you don't know about, like, you know, go, you know, try things and, you know, 
try something new or, you know, I think all those things are, are important. And like they said, following the trends, like, uh, I think it's all important for, for everyone getting out of college now to, to, to find a way and a path and, and see where, w- what industries you can get into and kind of breaking down doors. And it's, it's hard to get into TV. It's hard to, it's hard to kind of work your way up. So any way you can, I know, I know through like some of these alumni things, you know, people have reached out to me and, and, you know, I funnel them to, you know, different, different areas and you just hope they get jobs and, and you hope that they find that connection. So um, I think it's just, you know, it's hard at this point right now, you know, to get a job in this industry. And so, you know, using all, all, all these connections that, that CMU alumni offer. I mean, I think that's, you know, and just keeping up the technology at CMU, I think that's important for 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 everybody. I, I know that when we were getting there, they were updating things like the weather. The weather kept getting updated, and the studio kept getting updated, and the you know me learning After Effects there. I mean that that was new at the time. Like so, those things I think are all important for that next generation. Is you know I hope they're getting the latest cameras and and things like that, so that you know you can go out and shoot on you know the latest cameras and learning depth of field and different things like that, so that you know when you get out there. Um, you know, you're ready or at least, you know, you have an idea of, you know, what, what's going on in the field and what the new technology is. I think Max brings up a great point too, about, um, staying in contact with the people who you did all this work with people who worked like you did and were driven like you did. That's how I got my first job out of school was, it was connections through Dave and Max that helped me get a foot in the door and and get that first job to get me going so those those connections with um with students that you graduate with and alumni are really powerful thinking of the future what's next for you all yeah it's tough to know because um i didn't know that i'd be in my current role i kind of fell backwards into it i was in tv and multimedia and then a colleague of mine started working at grand valley in healthcare and pulled me in as the multimedia guy there. So then I kind of learned healthcare stuff on the job and transitioned into this role. But you really have no idea. It's more about kind of being open-minded because there's a lot more opportunities now and ability to connect. But um, you can take it day by day in terms of um, what role to step into next. I get daily emails of job stuff, so it could be changed at any time. Um, <laughs> either back into the business so her. Uh, go somewhere else so um the flexibility I think a long time ago people used to have jobs for one career for 30 to 40 years now it's like usually it's temporary individual jobs tv can be high burnout so sometimes it can be tough to like raise a family and that sort of thing with um crazy wild ridiculous hours so uh, more about being open-minded and seeing what's out there and available in case you need to transition Great points, Miles. I, I think just being versatile and, and like, I mean, this TV is changing. It's like when we switched from, you know, switched to HD TV in, in the sports industry and everything changed. Like things are changing now where gambling is becoming a huge part of sports. Like, so like, how is that? Like, we're talking like about gamification and, you know, these games that we're putting out to, um, our viewers and and how to introduce gambling to everybody 
in a responsible way. So it's just, I, I think there's so many different things that are changing now in our industry. So we're having so many more different challenges and, and learning how to do things, you know, without traveling to, you know, the event, you know, now we're, we're doing stuff in a room where all the cameras are being brought back and, and you're, you're learning how to direct and, and produce and, and see all these different changes that way. So I, I, it's just being versatile and, and kind of rolling with, you know, what's next and, and how, how you can adapt uh, and just being pretty nimble. You know, being a, having other skills in your back pocket um, to be able to pivot to those. Um, I mean, I've been, been thinking about this. I've been doing essentially the same role for like 20 years now, <laughs> different, different stations, different variations of it, but it's all been live television, directing live television, but um, a lot more. I've been taking on other roles at TV stations. Uh, I do some web programming for like internal, like in like internal resources. And uh, so, you know, having other skills like that uh, can always open up more doors. So I may, you know, who knows, may leave the TV and do more web programming, but in the TV industry, because all those programming languages are across the board. Well, you're teaching a class now too. That's exciting. Yeah. And I'm teaching a class. So maybe uh, that could become a, become a thing full full time we'll see come back to cmu <laughs> i agree with these guys it's a, it's trying to build on the skill set that you have and and so hopefully that allows other doors to open and if you or different opportunities maybe uh, even at the same place that you're at Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. And I know a lot of students will be impacted by your experiences and getting to know just all about how you started at CMU and how you've grown. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you. It's uh, it was a pleasure for all of us to uh, to join the podcast and to share and remember our experiences. And uh, and you know we hope it was helpful for everybody that you know takes a lesson. That's another episode of Depth of Field, a production of the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts at Central Michigan University. A special thanks to our engineer, Michael Pawarski, and our advisor, Patty Williamson. I'm Allison Biss. Thanks for joining us.